DMX. Uh, DMX and uh, his name is in the media lately. The DMX had a ride or die. Uh, we call it a ride or die. He had a girlfriend, uh, his fiance, uh, Desiree Lindstrom. Desiree Lindstrom uh, was the uh, longtime girlfriend of DMX. And uh, because she was DMX's ride or die, she felt that if she went to court and explained to the judge about the nature of their relationship, the judge would grant her control over DMX's estate. Well, after she endured this massive heartbreak, this sadness of watching the man she loved die, she was also greeted with some unfortunate information from the judge. And that information from the judge was that the court does not recognize a ride or die. There is nothing about being a ride or die that gives you legal status in any state throughout this country or any part of the world. So we're going to talk about the dangers of being a ride or die versus becoming an actual wife. And I'm going to break that down for you in an honest way here on drboystv.com. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, this is a place where we talk about all kinds of issues. Uh, we talk about things going on in the black community. I talk about economics, but really, actually, everything stems from economics. Economics is kind of the driver of everything. We also believe in the B1 philosophy. B1 means we are black first. Black first means that we solve our own problems. Before we solve anybody else's problems, B1 means that we believe black people can be number one when it comes to wealth building within the next 50 years. B1 also means we understand we must be one in order to be successful. That means building families. That means getting along. That means working together. If you agree with this philosophy, put a hashtag B in the number one in the chat. Hashtag B1. That's the calling card. Put that B1 in the chat. Use that hashtag whenever you're having B1 level conversations in the community. We are the elite force of the black community. We are the black elite, not because of education. There's a lot of educated dummies, not because of wealth. There's a lot of rich people who aren't worth a damn. But we are B, we are the elite because we have an elite vision for our community. We believe deeply in black excellence. And I want you to remind yourselves of that every single day because that's what we do. And we ain't backing up for nothing. So put a B1 in the chat if you understand where I'm coming from, if you can relate to this conversation. If if you can't relate to this conversation, then I kindly ask you to walk out the door so grown folks can start talking. Now, give me a yes or no. Give me a yes or no. How many of you heard about uh, DMX and uh, what happened with DMX and his uh, girlfriend in the estate? Uh, there was a uh, an interesting thing that happened with DMX where DMX, uh, we know that he died, right? You know what happened with him uh, passing away. Uh, DMX died far too young, much younger than he should have died. A lot of people weren't surprised when he died because a lot of us have known about the drugs for a long time. Uh, drugs are the curse on the black community. When the CIA put drugs in the black community, that was like dropping a nuclear bomb. That was like dropping a nuclear bomb on every black neighborhood in America. A lot of you have things that you're dealing with in your families right now that you never would have dealt with if the CIA had not dropped that nuclear bomb of drugs 
onto your families. Many of you have relatives that were hooked on drugs. That was my dad and my stepfather. Uh, many of you have people in your family who were incarcerated for drugs. That was my uh, my, my father. Uh, many of you have uh, relatives who died over drugs. Uh, that would be my homeboy, my best friend, Greg Wilkins, who was killed by a dope dealer, even though he never he didn't use dope and didn't sell it. Uh, but to this day, I mentor Greg's daughter because he's my buddy and my brother, and I know he'd do the same for me. So drugs to me are just literally the worst poison ever dropped into a community. I don't mess around with drugs. Uh, Professor Carl Hart at Columbia University went on The Breakfast Club to try to explain why using a little bit of drugs is okay and a little bit of meth is all right. I don't know if y'all remember that, but the guy went on there. Uh, and, I, and God bless him. I mean, if he can if he can be a functional drug addict, then, then that's his, his choice. But I don't play with drugs. I don't play with drugs. Uh, Malcolm X told you a long time ago that the white man will sell you the liquor bottle and then he will lock you up for being drunk. And so when you see big corporations, big white corporations that are mass marketing drug addiction to your children, they are killing you. They are murdering you in the street. And y'all got the nerd talk about black lives matter. Black lives don't matter to you. If black lives matter, they wouldn't be slaughtering your babies and slaughtering their futures right in front of you. They're killing your kids. So many of these young black men are killing themselves early, like slowly committing suicide. That's why it's, that's why I slick. That's why you don't catch it, because it's a real subtle suicide. It's that suicide that takes like 15, 20 years for it to happen. But y'all know y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all got cousin Pookie, little little rerun in your own family. But you know that rerun ain't going to live past the age of 40 or 45. And that is being promoted in the music that is being dropped into your 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 food and it's dropped into your Kool-Aid. And everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid because you have learned, unfortunately, to worship people who have given themselves a death sentence. Now, give me a second. I'm going to try to kill this fly. I hate flies in my office and I think I got him. I think I got him. Just forgive me. That's my own little quirk. I just these stupid flies driving. I got this stupid little fly thing that's supposed to kill them, but it ain't working. So I'm kind of mad about that. So let's get back to the conversation. So back to DMX. So DMX was a great rapper. He was a smart guy. Uh, he uh, was a you could connect to him. Right. He was very honest about about who he was. You know, like Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, when Mike Tyson talked, uh, you, you can't help but to love Mike Tyson. You know, you can't help. You, he scares you, but you love him. Well, DMX is kind of in that category. And um, and so when but when DMX died, I'm going to keep it 100. I, it didn't surprise me at all when DMX uh, passed. I thought the only thing that surprised me is I thought he'd be gone sooner because uh, it's hard to live like that and to keep living uh, for a long period of time. People like that don't live a long life, just to be honest with you. So when DMX died, I was curious to see what was really going on with the situation with the family and everything else. Well, according to what I've been reading, now maybe I'm wrong, maybe there's more information out there, maybe there's things that the public does not know, but from what I've been reading, the estate was pretty much where I thought it was gonna be. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a little bit all over the place, a little bit of a mess. And uh, and this is, this is something we gotta think about. This is a cultural phenomenon that we deal with. Uh, we have we have uh, the, the mass promotion of irresponsible culture amongst many of our people, particularly among our men. Now, the women, they y'all got you know, don't get me wrong. The women ain't perfect. But among the men, there is this celebration, this glorification of irresponsible behavior, where if a man does decide to be responsible, if a man does decide little things like, you know, hey, maybe loving a black woman ain't such a bad thing. Uh, there are people that will resist that. Right. And so what I would say to you at the end of the day is when you look at DMX's situation, you look at what happened with his girlfriend, Desiree. Uh, pay attention now. Here's I'm going to break this down for you. These are real facts. This is real information. This is real life right now. I'm about to break down for you. And actually, do me a favor. If you could take one second, please take one second and um, and hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button. And Jack Ski literally just said, flies, lives matter. That's so funny. Well, not they don't matter up in here because that fly is 
he, that fly. I hope he had an estate plan because I just squashed his butt. Because he, we're gonna have his funeral next week. So I hope his family can put up a GoFundMe and raise the money because that fly is gone. I ain't hearing no buzzing up in here no more. All right. So uh, anyway, do me a favor if you could, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Uh, we're building black-owned media, but we're building intelligent black media, B1 media. Also, if you want to get a free copy of my book, it takes a village to raise the bar. You can get a free copy of my book by going to allblackeconomics.com. So sign up to allblackeconomics.com. Also, we're actually starting a mastermind uh, for those who want to buy black owned hotels. Now, this is more premium. This is harder to do, uh, meaning that you have to have some capital to invest. But we do have an investment group of experts that have um, inside school private equity deals that they're pursuing right now as a collective to buy hotels. So uh, I'm going to join. I'm going to buy some. You know, I'm, I will be a hotel owner within the next year. And uh, if you want to join us, you can actually go to uh, uh, just sign up at black, allblackeconomics.com. I'll send you emails to let you know uh, if you'd like to take a look. But again, this is not a typical program. This is something where you have to have a little bit of money to get in. So uh, there's other stuff that doesn't cost as much. So feel free to take a look at that, too. All right. So with that said. Uh, here's the deal. All right. So when you talk about uh, Desiree, um, God bless her. God bless Desiree Lindstrom. Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine the roller coaster ride of being uh, of dating DMX, having a child with DMX. I'm not here to judge that. I'm not here to talk about any of that. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about uh, things that relate to investing in people, uh, investing in your life in terms of what kinds of people you allow into your life, who you choose to sleep with. Uh, that's an investment. Because if that person becomes the parent of your child, it can become a big mess uh, if that person is not ready to be a parent. Uh, I don't know what kind of father DMX was exactly. I don't dare to speculate on that. All I know is that the brother had about 15 kids. And uh, also, I know that I did see the Ayanna Van Zandt episode where his son did not seem to be happy with him. Uh, we all know. Let's just keep it 100. We all know that there's a lot of stuff that happens in our community where you see that father who was living, you know, living that fast life, right? Who was living on the edge, doing whatever. And the children have no respect for the man. The children look at him like, who the hell are you? You know, my daddy's supposed to be there for me every day. My daddy's supposed to, uh, to you know, come see me when I'm sick in the hospital. My daddy's supposed to drop me off at school. My daddy's supposed to give me advice. Uh, but but you weren't there to do any of that. And uh, and I'm and I can understand that because I had that same issue uh, when my father died. Uh, his name was Boyce, just like me. Uh, I did not. I had not one drop of emotion. I had no reaction. It was more like, wow, really? Whoa. You know, it, but it wasn't like, oh, man, my dad's going. Da, da, da. Now. Now, when I explain uh, when I when I talk about my 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 other father that raised me, some some of y'all might call him a step father, but he wasn't a step. We don't do step in our family. Like with my children in the house, I'm not their stepfather. I'm their dad. Uh, well, when, when my other father dies, uh, I am going to spend two weeks preparing his eulogy or a week or however much time I have. When my, when my real father dies, not the sperm donor, the real father, when he dies, I'm going to give the best speech I've ever given. Uh, when he dies, I'm going to make sure every single thing is taken care of at the highest level because I have complete honor for that man. And uh, for those men who kind of want to understand what this is about, this is about the fact that you want to leave a legacy that uh, that breeds honor and respect and dignity from the people who needed you. Uh, you know, what you invest in, who you invest in during life is going to play a huge part in how they view you in death. And one of the things you don't want is you don't want to have a funeral where everybody's whispering about you. And, well, you know, you know, you didn't have no money uh, or they or little kids are showing up. You know, some some grown up is showing up, uh, you know, where, where some 40 year old is showing up talking about, yeah, that's my daddy. You know, like and they, they never claim me, you know, and the child's all traumatized and everything and whatever. 
uh, you know, you don't want that, right? And uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to say this, uh, this conversation that I'm going to proceed with on DMX and Desiree, uh, this is not a conversation uh, for people that don't want to break generational curses. Um, if you want to keep your generational curse, then keep your generational curse. You know, I, God bless you. I hope you continue to destroy your loved ones for as long as you feel up to it. Uh, this is not good for Pete. This is not a good conversation for those who want to stay broke. Uh, if you want your children to be as broke as you were as a child, then, um, you know, continue can proceed, continue to do what you're going to do. Just ignore me. Turn the computer off right now. Uh, you could probably go watch BET or something. And I'm sure they've got plenty of of, you know, of like, you know, ridiculous content that you can absorb that's going to continue with your brainwashing process. Uh, this is not for people that want to be real niggas and whatever. Like, I, I don't want to be, I don't want, I never want to be a nigga. I want to be a man. All right. So if that's what you want to be, if you want to be a nymph for life or whatever, whatever, then go do it. Go do that. Go do that. Um, this is not a conversation for men who hate black women. Like if you think black women are worthless and a piece of crap, maybe you can go sleep with a man or something. Maybe that would be better for you. I don't know if you hate black women, uh, you know, you may want to get there because it probably means you hate your mother, uh, but that's okay. If you're in that category, then that's fine. But this is not a conversation for you. This is also not a conversation for the women who are convinced that you don't need no man. Uh, you know, this idea that men are not necessary in your household is what's destroying your households. When you look around and you see kids all over the place and chaos breaking out everywhere, kids getting molested, families going broke, all these terrible things happening, kids growing up emotionally unbalanced, boys not learning how to be men, girls not learning how to deal with a man, all that links to the missing father in the household. Uh, the missing father is as terrible to the black community as a missing mother would be. We all know that when the mama's gone, everything falls apart. In the movie Soul Food, remember when Big Mama died? When Big Mama died, everything went to hell. Remember that? Y'all remember the movie Soul Food? Give me a yes or no if you remember the movie Soul Food and what happened when Big Mama died. Everybody stopped talking. Everybody stopped, started fighting. And it just got chaotic, right? Well, you know, when, when daddy's not there, same thing. Uh, you have similar problems. You just are so accustomed to the dysfunction that you don't even know that it's a problem. You, you, unfortunately, some of us you know, and again, it's not our fault. This is white supremacy. White folks did this to us. They, they CIA drugs, all that. We know the whole story. Um, a lot of it is, is like, it's like you're, it's like you were born like the kid who, uh, who you're, you're like the kid who was born with one arm, the kid with one arm never knows that, that he, how great it would be if he had two arms. Like he never understands that because since he was a baby, he learned how to eat with his, his right arm. He learned how to do everything with one arm. <clears throat> he learned how to put on his clothes and even play basketball. You got one arm kids that play basketball and they're pretty good at it. Right? So effectively, a lot of times we grow up without something and we think that, we, that it's all completely normal, that not having something is as good as actually having it. And so, so you are survivors. Black people are survivors. We know how to survive in the middle of chaos. Uh, we know how to overcome uh, horrible nightmares. Uh, we know how to survive things that are incredibly traumatic. Um, things that white people would probably just like go crazy over. We we can handle that. And uh, and, and unfortunately, that kind of leads to some interesting outcomes that cause problems. Now, uh, here's one of the things I I, I remember hearing uh, somebody, some singer, rapper, somebody that said these hoes ain't loyal. And uh, and I hear that a lot. Right. Like when I when I married my wife, uh, who I'm very proud of, she's a very she's a beautiful and intelligent black woman. And I'm so proud of her. And I love to, to just, you know, reflect on how lucky I am to be married to this woman. Um, I remember seeing some guys, you know, uh, kind of do, you know, they maybe they do a little content. They were kind of poking at me or whatever. And that's fine. I don't care. I, I, I'm just glad to be next to that woman. I think she's amazing. And and I heard a guy say something like, well, these hoes ain't loyal. These hoes ain't loyal. Why are you going to marry these hoes? These hoes ain't loyal. Well, I said, well, no, actually, you're probably right. Hoes are not loyal. Hoes are not. No, hoes are not. Don't trust. No, no, don't trust it. Don't trust them hoes. Hoes are not loyal. 
But real women are very loyal. Like real women, quality women are loyal as shit. <laughs> so that's why that's why I didn't marry a hoe. I didn't want to marry. I didn't say, hey, I'm I I'm, I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins and I'm looking for a wife. And can can all the hoes sign the hoes do need not apply? I did not put out a job application for hoes to sign up to be my spouse. I wanted a quality woman. So so I don't disagree with you. Maybe hoes are not loyal. Hoes are not loyal. Niggas ain't loyal. Right. We know that. Right. And we got a lot of nigga hole matchmaking going on where people either, you know, you got the, 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 the woman who's doing all right, got her stuff together. But she want to look for a real nigga. Or you've heard people say a corporate thug. I want a guy who can wear a three piece suit, but he still might beat me on the weekends. He might whoop my ass if I get out of line and might talk about it. But I think that's sexy because you're messed up in the head. Right. You're looking for that man who might cock back like he's going to slap the hell out of you. But oh, girl, it got me so excited. He's such a real man. Right. So so you got a lot of dysfunction happening. You have a lot of dysfunction that, that is almost comical and the and the comedy shows and the outcomes of the relationships. Don't trust me. Don't believe me. Go look at the data. Just go look and see how many kids are like, damn, mama, y'all couldn't even stay together long enough for me to have my first birthday party. Like, look, kids like, damn, like, what the hell, man? Like, like, I didn't even have a daddy for more than, like, six weeks. You know, y'all were together for a semester, and that's it. Like, I had a, a daddy for a semester. Now I got to figure this whole thing out, and, and it's terrible. It's absolutely crazy. So I agree. You know, if you are real, if you're a quality woman, don't go chasing. Don't go chasing the niggas. Like, that's not, no. And if you're a quality man, you know, do what you want with the hoes, but don't marry them. <laughs> don't, don't lock yourself up with them. And really, I'm not even, I, I don't know. They're, they're, I don't let holes into my ecosystem. I, I, that's never been uh, my journey and my story. I like quality women. Uh, and, and it sounds to me like Desiree, I don't know Desiree Lindstrom, DMX's longtime fiance, uh, the one who applied in court to become his common law wife. But it sounds to me like she was probably or she probably is a real strong, loyal woman. I mean, let's just think about it. How loyal and how strong do you got to be to be to be with DMX for like a decade or something? They were together a real long time. I mean, re- I mean, like right next. to <laughs> That's the person you pray for. I don't know. Let me ask, ladies, how many of you think you could have dated DMX for like like if you had to date DMX for five years? Let's say you had to date him for five years in exchange for five million dollars. So you got you get five, you get a million dollars a year to be DMX's girlfriend. That means y'all y'all sleeping together. You're he's in your house. You're in a relationship. Like and that's a big that's a big exchange. How many of you give me a yes or no? How many of y'all would take that deal? You'd be DMX's girlfriend for five years, and at the end of the five years, you get five million. Five million, right? That that's a lot of money. That's a, that's a lot of money. You wouldn't do it for five million? Come on, Erica. Come on, Erica. Come on, Karen. Really, Monique? No, I'm seeing a lot of no's. I'm not seeing any yeses. Right now, I'm not dissing DMX. I'm just saying DMX is probably not the easiest man to love. You know, it's hard to work through a crack addiction. I'm not judging, but it is. Y'all know what it is, right? And so, so five million—that's crazy, right? Now, what's unfortunate is poor Desiree didn't even get the five million, right? You know, uh, a lot of times we think that because somebody's a rapper and they sold a lot of money or they, they sold a lot of records and they made a lot of money, that that means they're going to have a lot of money. Um, making a lot of money does not mean you're going to have a lot of money because in order to have a lot of money, you got to keep a lot of your money. DMX, crack isn't exactly a quality savings vehicle. You know, crack people who 
have uh, problems with heavy drugs like that aren't typically the best investors. They're not typically the best long-term planners, right? So Desiree, bless her, bless her heart, poor thing, stuck by this man for many years. You know, a lot of y'all women, I know it's some of y'all, men too, men, we've all gone through it, right? Where you gave all your loyalty um, to the wrong person, uh, to the wrong situation. So for whatever reason, she chose to be loyal to this man. So then suddenly he dies, right? Now I'm sure if she mentioned to him maybe a year before, like, hey, in case you die, can you make sure that me and your son will be good? Um, he probably would have said, no, don't worry about it. I'll get around to it, right? You know, and that's what we do, right? We don't believe we're going to die. Everybody believes they're going to live forever, even though black people die more than anyone else, right? Again, which is yet another area where we might want to take a moment and just understand how illogical that is. How much, how much sense does it make that you live in the community where people die the most, but you also live in the community where people think they're going to die the least, Nobody plans for the future. Nobody plans for death. I'm going to say nobody, but a lot of us don't because we really think we're going to live forever. So DMX, in the middle of whatever chaos might have existed in his life, didn't seem to feel that there was a sense of urgency to make sure that Desiree was protected. So once DMX is gone, uh, Desiree uh, goes to the court and applies to her and, and along with DMX's, they, according to EUR web, they said 15 kids. I saw somebody else that said 17 kids, 15, 17, tomato, tomato. I'm not going, that's the topic of today is not the number of kids DMX had. Cause we're not going to get into all that. Right. Uh, you know, in, in case you want to know that is a wealth killer, like having lots of kids with lots of women will murder your wealth, like, like crazy. Right. So just keep that in mind, but let's put that to the side for now. So, but Desiree shows up to court along with DMX's 15 kids looking to be uh, the head of his estate. She wants to control the estate and to dole out the money and everything else. Well, and, and what is what is her argument? Well, her attorney's argument is, look, you know, this woman has been a ride or die. She stood by her man for all these years. She's been as loyal as they come. There's plenty of records, on, on, you know, plenty, plenty of documentation of people that know that that was his main chick, right? And uh, And so that is the same as a wife. That he she should get the same treatment that she would get if she was DMX's spouse. Well, the judge said, um, basically, I'm sorry, but being a ride or die is not recognized in the court of law. Uh, the fact that you were DMX's main chick does not is not the same as being his spouse. Um, I know you went through hell. You you stood by this man, but legally, according to the law, you have the same number of legal rights to his estate as somebody who just walked in off the street. Now, you tell me, would that piss you off? Would that or would that not? Give me a yes or no. Would that piss you off when you done dealt with all the chaos and stood by this man through all kinds of ups and downs he went through, was right next to his deathbed as he breathed his last breath, but yet the state literally acts like your whole relationship did not exist? Yes, I know that that would piss me off. Male or female, if they did that, if Alicia and I were together and something happened, God forbid, to her, I'd be very upset if I did not get acknowledged as her significant other. So this is my point I want to get to. And do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button. Take one second. Please hit that thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, also, every Wednesday night at 830, we do our book club. We have um, a book club where we're covering Black Labor, White Wealth by Dr. Claude Anderson, which makes the case for reparations and goes through black economic history in a detailed fine tooth comb. Uh, and we're covering that book. We're covering that book every Wednesday night at 830. So if you'd like to join the book club, it's totally free. Go to blackkeystogreatness.com. That's blackkeystogreatness.com. The URL is right there on the screen. It costs you nothing. Um, here's the point that I'm getting at. 
you have a lot of people out here. And I saw a brother that mentioned this on Facebook. I got to get his, his name. I like the, the point he made as well. I thought it was a great point. There are people who will tell you that marriage is just a piece of paper. That, look, I don't need no piece of paper to tell me to, to, to prove that I love you. You know, whatever, right? Or that marriage. And then some people feel like mar- marriage is just a burden, right? They're afraid of it, right? They feel like it's too much responsibility, things like that. And I'm not judging that. That's totally on you to make that decision because even I didn't want to get married for a long time. I didn't, you know, people, the, the whole internet seemed, there were quite a few people on the internet that speculated as to why Alicia and I were friends for such a long time before we got married. Well, a lot of it was because Boyce was not trying to find anybody. I wasn't trying to be a wife or get a wife to, you know, at all. Like I, I was okay with my life, right? I, I needed to pick the right situation. So, so I'm okay if you think that marriage isn't for you. I'm not judging that. I'm not telling everybody to run out here and get married and do what I did. If you find the right situation, that's on you. But here's what um, I want to say to you, though. There is no replacement for that piece of paper, especially when when the shit gets real, when it gets extra real and you're talking about somebody up in the hospital and you're trying to get access to the person you love so you can go in there and check on them, make sure they okay. They're not going to recognize street marriage. They're not they're not. No, they don't recognize hood polygamy. Or whatever the hell you think you're leaning on, whatever you think you got, I'm his main chick. I'm the ride or die. I, he told me, he told me he's gonna be there for me. They don't <laughs> that, that they're not gonna recognize that. They're gonna be like, but are you his wife or are you not? And if the answer is no, they're gonna be like, okay, sit over there. You know, we know these hoes ain't loyal, so you must be one of the hoes. So just sit over there. That's okay. Just sit over there, right? And and and, and so and and then. When it's time for him to uh, to to go to heaven, and it's time to plan the estate, and you're trying to figure out. Remember, mind you, you're living with this man. Let's say, and you got kids to feed, and he's been feeding the kids, and and now he's gone, and you have no access to his bank account, and you go down to the bank and you say, "Hey, um, Bank of America, I need to get into my my boyfriend's account because." Because uh, because we need money to pay the utilities this month, and he just died, and my heart is broken, and I'm devastated. But I need to get access to the money right now by Tuesday, or they're gonna they're gonna evict us or cut off the lights. They they're gonna be like, yo yo what? But but my but my boyfriend, my boyfriend, that was you know I was his I was his ride or die. I was his main his main chick. They're gonna be like, what? <laughs> like we don't we don't speak that language. No, you can't get into his bank account. You could be anybody. There's nothing legally that proves that you're any different from one of his one of his girlfriends, one of the chicks that he happens to know. Right. So when Desiree went to court and tried to get control of DMX's estate, I personally feel that she deserved control over all of that. I mean, what are you going to do? Give control to the 15 kids, one of the 15 kids? No, you don't give it to a kid. You know, you give it to his woman person has been standing next to him all those years. Lord knows she deserves reparations for what she probably went through in that relationship. I bet that was a hard relationship. And that's why DMX loved her so much because he's like, man, both women, most women won't tolerate me that long, but this woman stood by me, right? So she deserves all of that. She deserves every bit of that. But I'm going to just go ahead and challenge some conventional thinking a little bit and say that maybe in order to protect yourself, male or female, maybe you should get some things in writing. Maybe um, a little bit of documentation is necessary for you to protect the massive investment that you've made into that person, into that relationship. Um, marriage, you know, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm, I'm, well, the way I look at marriage is 
I'm the same way. I don't need a piece of paper to show that I love Alicia. I, I take a bullet for it and, and for the kids. I love the damn kids. I, I did, you know, they're my kids. And I, I take, when I go into a space, she calls me the juggernaut. Cause when I go into a place, I just kind of take it over. I'm like, daddy got this. I got all of this. Right. And when we go out to eat, I pay for everything. It's just it's something, some masculine. It's something I've always had in me since I saw my dad do that. Right. So, so, so I've got her. I had her before we got married. But the legality, the legal documentation is proof to the world that we've got each other in the event that one of us isn't there to validate whatever the other person is saying. So if I sh- if, if something happens to her and I show up to the hospital as her husband, that is very different from me showing up as her boyfriend. And, and so, so I'm not telling you to get married or not to get married. I don't care about that. You can do what you want to do. That's that's your life. Um, I'm just here to tell you that you have to process these things in order <clears throat> to make a decision on how you want to move forward. Now, let me see. Dream says, but it it took you almost three decades. Yeah, well, we were friends for a very long time. I think it's, it's I think it's great to marry your friend. Having a spouse that is also your friend, that's the little secret they don't tell you. You shouldn't marry a woman just because you got a big butt and a smile or whatever, or marry some or be get with some guy just because he looks good and he says all the right things. Get with somebody that's your friend because that's gonna help you when you have those days where you piss each other off. When Alicia and I get on each other's nerves, we can lean on our friendship, and that makes us whole. And the rest of the time we were living our lives, neither one of us was sitting around lonely and whatever. She's a gorgeous woman. Men have always been attracted to her. I'm a famous man. Women have always been attracted to me. But what we decided was at the stage we were in life, that was that we we realized that we deserve to be in a scenario where we are a little bit closer to each other. We That's a risk. We took that risk. And uh, also, uh, you know, it, it's something that worked for this stage, for the point we were in our life. Right. When we were 30, we wouldn't have made that same decision. Neither one of us would have. So make the decision that works for you. But don't let these suckers get you out here stuck in a situation where you're making a heavy investment in a person or in a relationship or in a situation and your investment is not protected. Um, If it's not protected, then you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Let me see here. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Doc, talk that stuff. You are exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to, you have to protect. Let me see. I see Sharice made a donation. Thank you very much. She says you and your platform are very appreciated. Thank you. But you are welcome. Thank you very much for your kind words. I truly appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to re- answer a few more of your questions here. Uh, let me see. Uh, Duel says your will is your last love letter to your family. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. If you, um, if you don't take the time, DMX did not have a will. Now, I hope that he had an estate plan or a trust or something like that. Not having a will is not necessarily uh, does not necessarily mean you did not make a plan for your family. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't have a will that are just fine. But what they have, you have to have some sort of vehicle that allows for the transfer of your wealth uh, in, in an appropriate fashion. Because here's what happens. And this is something that was very, it's very personal to me because I talked to um, I talked to my brother about this, my biological brother, uh, the brother I did not know. When a man does not respect the value of his empire, when the man does not um, respect the people around him, does not make plans for the future, it creates a lot of chaos and a lot of confusion. Bad leadership. Men, I believe men are are natural leaders in in certain ways. Women lead in particular ways, but men lead in other ways. And bad leadership creates chaos. It creates confusion. And so uh, when I was talking to my brother, 
we're trying to sort through. My father died a few years ago, a couple years ago, and we were trying to sort through, you know, who's who, what's what, who's connected to who, who, you know, what does he have any other kids? You know, what do you do with his life? And so, um, so the big thing is now, let me see this brother said, so you are a toxic simp. No, you're a simp. That's why you're going to get banned. So everybody say goodbye to dream big Godcast. Uh, he's, he's going to get out of here. This is a conversation for smart people and grown ups. So you got to get up out of here, brother. All right. So, so he's gone. So thank you. We got it. We got to get the, um, we got to get the niggatry out of the building. It's like swatting flies. You know, I swat flies and I swat Negroes. So if you come in there with that nonsense, you're going to get swatted. So don't, don't, if you, if you are, if you are in that category, just be quiet because when you talk and reveal yourself, then I'm going to have to ban you for life and you'll never be invited in here. Being part of this platform is a privilege. It is not a right. I'm not begging for YouTube followers. I am not, I never have done that. I still won't do that. If you're not the right type, then you got to go. I want you to leave because I have no use for people that want to see the black community continuously destroyed or the black family to be ruined or the black woman to get stepped on or the black man to get disrespected. I ain't got time for none of that. None of that. And neither should you. Neither should you. You should stand up and speak up against that nonsense. Some of these people ain't got no damn sense. So anyway, with that said, when you have bad leadership in a family, you have confusion. Confusion. So when DMX dies, uh, because there's no estate plan, because there's no will, because there's no trust, because there's nothing in place, according to what has been you know, presented in the media, it creates a situation where suddenly everybody's like, well, what the hell? What are we going to do? Who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for the funeral? You know, what, uh, is there any money left? If so, uh, you know, how are we going to dole this money out? And then next thing you know, what happens is you have fighting when there's chaos and confusion there, there's fighting. So next thing you know, your children and your loved ones are all locked up in court fighting over your money for five or six years when you could have resolved all that by simply sitting down for maybe about two hours with a lawyer or whoever to just make sure that everything was straight. That's it. And and I'm not making fun of DMX at all. This is not anti anything. Some, you know, some of us have these generational curses that are, were passed to us, you know, from family. I mean, DMX, that poor guy, his I mean, first thing that happened to him was his daddy told his mama to abort him. And then his mama took him and said, said, hey, babe, we're going to go visit. Um, we're going to go visit the shelter for children. And his mama took him there and left him there. So that's going to create tremendous issues for a kid for the rest of his life. I don't think you can ever overcome that. So I'm not making fun of him. I'm talking about the generational curses that we are committed to. I'm talking about the addiction to bad decisions that many of us have. I'm talking about the fact that we are okay with the, with this idea that we can keep making terrible decisions and somehow things are going to magically work out. They're not going to work out. It's always going to be bad. And the question that you have to ask yourself as an adult is, do I want my children to live the same nightmare that I did? You know, as a man, I'm talking and I'm going to talk to the men for a minute. As a man, as a man, why would you leave your family in that kind of condition? I mean, seriously, right now, if somebody was going to attack your family, would you would you sit there or would you do something about it? I'm asking the men. Like, if somebody was going to go attack your woman, attack your kids, and or your kids were hungry, would you do something about it or would you just sit there and let it happen? What would you do? Answer the question in the chat. Well, the thing about protecting the family, you would protect your family, right? Well, the thing about protecting your family means that a man should want to protect his family in life and in death. Your death is like the most devastating thing that could ever happen to the people that love you. If you are a quality man, now if you're a piece of shit, I don't talk to guys like that. Those are not my, those are not my crowd. That's not my culture. Those are not my people. I'm talking to the men that really want to be men. 
And and so you died. That's the worst thing that can happen to them. They lost you, man. They're going through hell. They're traumatized. Everybody's crying. The kids are got to go through 20 years of therapy. My daddy died when I was 12. I mean, it's horrible. And then you compound that because you didn't make a plan. You had no insurance policy. You making all that money, taking pictures on Instagram with, with big old stacks of hundreds, like, like a cell phone, and, and, and they're bragging and sitting in front of your Mercedes talking about, I'm blessed today, right? Imitating rappers, imitating rappers, imitating these dumbasses that they, that they mass market to you, and your kids didn't even have a life insurance policy? Come on, man. No life insurance policy, no estate plan, no will, no nothing. No plan in place. So you're supposed to be balling. You're supposed to be Mr. Success. You're supposed to be Mr. Masculine. Again, you got a lot of men that know how to pretend to be masculine, but they don't know what masculinity really is. They never learn what masculine. Sometimes masculinity is when you fall back and you're prepared for battle, but you ain't always walking around with your chest out and smoking and drinking like, I'm a man. I'm a real man. No, masculinity means protecting your shit. It means holding it down for the people that love you. It means coming through for your kids, rain, sleet, snow, or hail. It means discipline, discipline. Shout out to the soldiers in the room. That's why a lot of soldiers follow me, I believe, because soldiers get that. Soldiers understand you can talk all day about what kind of a man you are, but you if you ain't ready to hold it down when it's time to hold it down, then then that all that goes out the window. A lot of people can talk about who they are, but show me. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the show. I'm part of the show me culture. Like, show me that you really man. Don't just tell me that don't mean words don't mean a damn thing. Because if your babies are out here struggling and starving, your daughter done turned into a hooker and your wife is out here doing only God knows what to get money because you died suddenly and you didn't hold it down, then I'm going to question you a little bit as a man. I'm going to look back and say, God, God, that man didn't love. He didn't give a shit about nobody. And the same thing is true on the female side. I think that women, I think you've got to really think about these, these things when you're talking about dealing with Yo, man, see, death Death is interesting. Death is a terrible thing because death does not usually make an appointment, especially when you talk about some of the ways that our black men die. I've had people call me and tell me my uncle, who's 48, died of a heart attack suddenly. Thought he was going to have a busy week. Turned out that he's, his funeral was happening that week. He did not know that. I've had people call me and tell me that so-and-so got shot yesterday. I got a call the, uh, a couple of days ago from a young lady I mentored that told me that she had a boyfriend who was who was messing with dope, who tried to kill himself, shot himself in the face. Right. And uh, and, and the, the thing about and this, this is a typical week. This ain't even a, like or a typical like a month, like like every month I'm hearing about death. Death does not make an appointment. Typically, death does not make an appointment. So so the thing about it is that if you stay ready, you don't have to rush and try to get ready. If you are proactive, then you don't have to spend your whole life being reactive. A lot of people ain't ready for stuff when it happens because they never think about these things when we talk about it. They they hear me talk about it and they think, oh, well, well boy, Boyce is just up here preaching again and, and Boyce is up here simping. He's simping for his woman. You got damn right I'm going to take care of my woman. If you think that's simping, then that means you're a simp in my view because I'm, I'm going to take, take care of mine. You know, and, and I'm not. But, but at the end of the day, I want you to take care of yours. I'm really talking to people. Again, I'm not talking to people that are committed to maintaining generational curses. Uh, I'm not speaking to people who have a complete dedication to staying broke because you're imitating your favorite rapper. Um, I'm not talking to uh, to black women who think that men are not necessary. Uh, I'm not talking to black men who think black women are a nuisance and black children are garbage. 
Uh, I'm not talking to uh, the men who run around screaming that these hoes ain't loyal because my question is, well, why are you hanging out with hoes anyway? You need to go hang out with some quality women because I agree with you. Hoes ain't loyal. Hoes are not loyal, but quality women will have your back all the way to the end of time. They've been having your back for 300 years. They were the one who kept you, who hid you in the basement when Massa was coming to kill you. So so quality women are the backbone of our community. But you're right, the hoes ain't loyal. So that's why I, I'm not going to marry a hoe. I'm talking to the people that want to do better. I'm talking to the people that are looking for a guideline and a framework so that you can develop the structure necessary for your family empire to survive after you're gone. I'm looking for the people who don't want something as, as tragic as death to ruin everything good they could have done for their children. I want people who are determined to ensure that your children are going to be better off than you were, not those who want your children to recreate uh, the generational curse that you were forced to endure in the 1980s, 1990s, and the 2000s. Okay, so and if you're not in that category, then you should probably go because these are not the people I'm speaking to. Those people only get mad uh, because I, I want to spray the disinfectant on all the viruses that have affected our brain. And, uh, and I know it's hard for some people to hear, but some of you will cheer because you understand exactly where I'm coming from. And my goal is to encourage you to go out and do what you know you need to do to make sure you're holding it down for the people that matter. So God bless Desiree, uh, DMX's uh, fiance, girlfriend, whatever exactly she was. Uh, she deserves all of that in the estate. But I want you to understand that the court will not recognize you as a common law wife, ride or die, best girlfriend, whatever you, whatever you were for him in life. None of that will matter in death. So you might want to think about getting some things on in on in writing. And if he doesn't want to do that, he they go, they might get mad at me for saying this. But if he doesn't want to do that, you might want to think twice because that could mean he's not a planner. And last time I checked, men who tend to be successful tend to be men who plan, and women too. My wife is a planner. That's one of the things I liked about her. She plans for her success. That's why she's a very successful person. People who don't plan typically fail. They typically struggle. They're stumbling all through life. Everything they do isn't working out. But people who make a plan tend to be ready uh, for the future. So pick somebody who makes plans. That's a really important factor in success. All right, guys. So uh, please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. The book club meets Wednesday night at eight o'clock or 830. You can go to blackkeystogreatness.com and sign up right now. Uh, we meet every Wednesday night. We're going to cover Black Labor, White Wealth with Dr. Claude Anderson. Also, please uh, hit that thumbs up button, share, subscribe button before you go. If you know somebody that needs to hear this conversation, uh, feel free to share it with them uh, because I really think these are more discussions our community needs to have so that we can get past all the nonsense because they market childish behavior to you. And a lot of times you see adult men and adult women engaging in very childish behavior. And a lot of that is due to what they're putting in front of you in media. And I, we, ain't, we ain't trying to be kids out here. We're trying to be grownups. So go be grown. Take care of your families. God bless you. Love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.